0: You're listening to the Banner Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. All right, so if you are joining us today, uh, we are in the middle. Excuse me, we are in the middle of our James series about following Jesus, and uh, this is a really incredible series. If you haven't. Checked out any of the messages before? If you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, I really want to encourage you to go online to the podcast and listen to them. Um, Josh just killed it with those first couple opening series. And this is really a book about um, how do we live out this life that we've said that we're called to—that we're going to be Christians. So how do we live as Christians live? So today I'm going to go through uh, chapter two, verses 14 through 26. For some of you, this will be a really familiar portion of Scripture. Um, If you have your Bible, I just want to encourage you to get it out, but if you don't, grab your uh, Bible app, or if you don't have that, just look up on the screen. So starting in verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works, and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. (laughs) That is a big chunk of scripture. And there's a lot that James is saying in this passage. So if you heard that and you're like, yeah, I'm not 100% sure if I'm following along with what he says or if I'm really understanding what he says, that's okay. We're going to take a little bit today and we're just going to break out some of what he's saying. Uh, So if you weren't here at the beginning of this series, I just want to tell you James is the author of this book, obviously. It's written and it's called James. Um, but he is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. So it's kind of like he is the pastor of the church. So he's writing this from the perspective of wanting to encourage, to love, and direct, and really lead spiritually these people. He's not coming to like harp on them and condemn them. His, his whole motivation is love for them. And the people that he's speaking to are the Jewish people in Jerusalem who are new converts to Christianity. So if you don't know much about the Jewish people... Um, their whole religious identity is based upon their nationality. So when they are born, they are born Jewish, it means that they are born to follow God, and it means that their whole religion is based upon works. So God gave us the law in the Old Testament, and the law was about what you did to earn righteousness and to earn salvation. So it's kind of like, okay, sacrifice this this day, Uh, do this festival this day. You have to, if you touch blood or touch a dead person, you have to do this, this, and this. And so that was their whole experience with um, with religion. And so when Jesus came on the scene, he fulfilled the law because yes. he he did what we knew or what God knew that we couldn't do through the law because we're we're human and we're imperfect. And so when Jesus came, he was the perfect substitution for us, and he took all of that away so that we aren't saved by those works anymore. We're saved by grace and faith in Jesus. Amen. So you're going from one extreme kind of to this like, okay, Jesus, so now what? So they had taken the works and kind of swung the pendulum the other way. And it was like, okay, well, if works were everything before, and now Jesus has saved us by grace, then works don't matter at all. Which is not, not the truth, and it's missing the heart of what the law was. And that's what James is, is showing us in these first verses. So going back to 14 through 17, that's why he's asking, what good is it? Okay, so like almost every night, somewhere in between jammies and bedtime, Lucy will come to me and try to convince me with all of her might that she is starving, just like so incredibly hungry and that she can't just go to bed without eating something. And every night I look at her and I say, well, Lucy, if you had eaten your dinner, you wouldn't be having this problem right now. And I would say that probably 95% of the time it's a stall tactic. She's not hungry. She just really doesn't want to go to bed. So like I mentioned before with the toenail clipping, she has this arsenal of stall tactics and that's one of them. So I would say I'm usually really good about standing firm and being like, Lucy, just go to bed. You're not hungry. We'll make something in the morning and that will be fine. Um, But if she comes to me and she's like legitimately hungry because she hasn't eaten, I'm not going to be like, oh, Lucy, may Lord bless you and just fill your little tummy and just like send her out away. no, I'm going to feed her. She's my kid, and I love her. And as a mom, it is my job to make sure that she's alive, and in order to keep her alive, I have to feed her. <laughs> Simple things like that. And it's the same thing that God is calling us to do for our brothers and sisters. If we say we love God, but we neglect the needs of the body, then James is saying that our faith is dead. And if our faith without works is dead, then the faith God is calling us to is a living faith. If something is dead, it's no longer fulfilling its purpose. If your heart is pumping inside of you, it's alive. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's taking blood to other parts of your body. If your heart stops beating and your heart dies, then it's no longer fulfilling its intended purpose. It doesn't mean that the heart isn't there. It still exists, but it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And the word that James uses for dead is like legitimately dead, like a corpse. D-E-D, dead. <laughs> you see those funny movies that I like? Yes, I already thought I got so with that. I love corny movies. I can't help it. Um, but yeah, so it's no longer doing what it's created to do if your heart is dead. In the same way, if your faith is dead, it's not fulfilling its purpose. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when Christ comes into your heart and into your life, it changes you. It, it becomes living. This, excuse me, this faith that you have becomes living. It becomes active. When I became a mom, God honestly just like flipped a switch in my heart. I, I was the baby of my family. I never really had any like Intention or desire to be a mom. I think I just was like, yeah, it'll happen someday because that's what you do. You get married and then you have kids. But when I had Lucy, it was like God just totally turned something inside of me. I became this person who was like, I love my daughter. I would do anything for her. And my maternal side just like opened up and God made me a mom. Whereas before I hadn't really experienced that. But the moment I became a mom is that moment where I was like, oh, Yes, I love being a mom. And faith is just like that. That moment that you choose to say, yes, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. He ignites that faith inside of you and it becomes living and active. Yeah, that's good. good. But how many of you guys, like me, know that the moment that I had Lucy and I became a mom, That wasn't like the end of my momness. It wasn't like, oh yes, I have fulfilled (laughs) everything that is is a mom, and so now I'm I'm a mom forever. It's the same thing with faith, like that moment that you choose Jesus and he gives you that living faith, you still have to walk it out. So we see what James says here in verses 18 and 19. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. He says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So James is playing out a dialogue. He's like saying, people will say, oh, you have faith and you have works. It's kind of like if I were to go, okay, you guys in the back, you, you take prayer, and then you guys, you take evangelism, uh, yeah, you guys are feeding the homeless. Come on. You guys take kids. All right, I think we're all covered, right? <laughs> it, it's, he's saying that they're compartmentalizing it. They're taking things and putting them in specific boxes, which is not how faith can possibly exist. Faith cannot live in a vacuum. Faith can't live outside of works. Yeah. So faith without works really functions more as belief, which is what he's saying the demons have. Belief yeah, says on. it exists. <laughs> but faith says I choose to follow. That's so good. look back on, on what he says. He says even the demons believe and shudder. So I'm pretty sure like demons are fully aware of who God is. Some of them were angels, you know, up there with God, and they knew who he was. They saw him, and then they chose to not follow him anymore. So they're fully aware of who he is. They're fully aware of his sovereignty. They're fully aware of his power. But it doesn't change anything that they do with their lives. It hasn't informed their their hearts. It hasn't informed their minds. So they believe, but they don't actually live it. Titus 3.8 says that those who have believed may be careful to devote themselves to good works. Okay, we've said that word works a few times, and if you're like me you're thinking, okay, can someone give me this list of works that I'm supposed to be doing? Is it like I should be a pastor? Or like is there some spiritual spreadsheet somewhere that I can wake up in the morning and start (laughs) checking my little boxes off? Uh, I'm a very task-oriented person, and I like to know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. But the cool thing about that is that that's not, oh, what James is referring to. So you can just... For those of you who don't like spreadsheets, you can just oh, take Saturday. You're yeah, not going to yeah. get this spreadsheet as yeah. you leave today. Come on. Um, but what James <laughs> is referring to is the ministry of our lives. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So God has already given you gifts, and we're meant to use them to serve one another. Again, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is great news for us. Not only has God given us gifts... And told us, yes, use them to serve one another. But he has already prepared those good works for us Come on. to do. Come on. We don't have yeah. to try That's and right. work yeah. our way to heaven. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't That's need right. the spiritual checklist to be like, okay, good, I'm, I'm earning the grace yeah. that God, is yeah. God has given me. God has given us grace by the fear fat, or the sheer fact that we have said, God, I trust you and you are Lord of my life. Come on. So yeah. now Come my on. life is, is lived in grace. So that's the great part about that, is that we don't have to have these boxes to check. As a mom, your good works are to raise your children, to know and love the Lord. You already know you've got that one. As followers of Christ, our works is to live like Jesus lived. Philippians 2, 5 is a really incredible verse. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human (coughs) form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Our job is to emulate Christ, and Christ was a servant. Yeah. had every reason to not be a servant. He had every reason to to exercise his authority on earth, but rather he wanted to model for us how we're supposed yeah. to live. We're supposed to live, knowing like we talked about last week, the God given value of every person. That's good. Choosing to follow Jesus with our lives and having a living faith should bring us freedom. Rather than creating this box of works that we have to complete, yeah. Jesus wants to break our boxes. Come on. He wants us yes. to find out what is it that he has gifted us in. What is it that we're passionate about? Many of these Jewish people have become so fixated on the works of the law that they forgot the heart of the law. Just like Pastor Josh mentioned last week, I, I told him I was going to include this verse, and he's like, yeah, like I just preached on that last week. And I was like, well, it's a good verse that Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. So says all the law and the prophets are summed up in those Come two on. phrases. Come on.
1: Those are not specifics.
0: It's not like he said, okay, everyone must do this one thing, like everyone must go to the homeless shelters and feed people, or everyone must go to the prisons and love on people. God has given all of us giftings. He's given Come all on. of us passions, and his desire is that we would pursue him in walking yeah. those out. Amen. Right. Amen. At Come Banner, on. we like to say that every life has a mission and every mission has a ministry. Come on. Amen. All right? You, you have a mission. Yeah. Your Sorry. life has a Sorry. ministry. You don't have to worry about what everyone else is doing. You have to pursue God, yeah. know who he created you to be, yeah. and then live that out. Amen. And you know, like, there are some days you're going to be like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. The reality is that if you're following Jesus, if you're loving Him with all your heart, soul, and mind, if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you are doing it. You're walking where God has called you to say. That's right. That's why, honestly, I love the examples that He gives, that James gives in these next verses, verses 20 through 26. Says, you want to be shown, you foolish person, kind of harsh, that faith apart from works is useless?" Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Can someone hook a sister up with some water up here? I uh, am parched. So, thank you. Thank you team, I love you. Uh, James was speaking to an audience who would have known exactly who he was referencing. These are really, really historical figures in Jewish history. Um, so they would have known their backstory and known what they were known for. So you have Abraham, Father of the nation of Israel, and on the flip side, Rahab, Gentile prostitute. So he's putting both of these people in the same category of who are they? They lived by faith. They had a living faith. That's good. That's good. If you're not familiar with these uh, Bible character Abraham's story stories in the Book of Genesis, right near the beginning, um, and he is—he's the father of the nation of Israel. I know I didn't want to say this, but like—is that song uh, "Father Abraham"? Yes. <laughs> And then sons had father, Abraham. I won't keep going because I'm going to But, you know, I, I remember singing that song as a kid, and it's like, is Abraham, I mean, I wouldn't have used this word, but it's like, Abraham's super prolific. Like, does he just howl about the children? Like, Actually, no, he really didn't. But, you know, that is who he is. He is the father of the nation of Israel. Uh, Abraham had walked for a really long time with the Lord before this moment that James brings up here. <laughs> And let me put your mind at ease that Isaac does not die. Uh, God calls out to Abraham at that moment and says, Abraham, do not kill your son. Spare your son. Because through him, I'm going to fulfill all the promises that I've made to you. So Abraham knew the character of God because he had spent so much time walking with him. Then you have Rahab, the prostitute. And Rahab's story really only lasts a couple of chapters. She's in the book of Judges. And is right after um, Israel has been released from captivity in Egypt they spend 40 years wandering around in the desert and then God calls them to the promised land and one of the major cities that they end up destroying and taking over is Jericho and that's where Rahab lives so she lived in uh, Jericho and we know that she was a prostitute but we don't really know a ton about her other than that but we can assume that you know she wasn't raised in the Jewish faith we can assume uh, that you know she didn't know a ton about God, but what we do know from what she says is that she had heard about this God of the Israelites. That she had heard how they had saved them, how they had taken over people, and she knew that they were on their way to Jericho. So when the spies came in and she, they ended up being in her house. And I think to myself, maybe they just went there because they knew that no reputable people would be there. You know, they're like, no one's gonna know, so we'll go to house and hide out. Um, but she uh, she decides at that moment she had had no real experience with God she heard who he was and what he had done and so in that moment she chose by faith to be bold so both of these people in a moment Abraham and Rahab chose by faith to trust God and to listen to him both of them are honored in being part of the lineage of Christ so this choice that Abraham or that Rahab makes puts her in the lineage of Christ. And both are in the Faith Hall of Fame, which is in Hebrews 11. If you really want to be encouraged, I really encourage you to go read that chapter. It's wonderful. So these works that James says that they have are really just obedience and boldness to trust the Lord. Yeah, come on. And what that tells us is that anyone can choose faith. Uh, ben, do you want to come up? So James chose to list two people, the forefather of the nation of Israel and a prostitute, not because they were perfect people, but because of how they trusted God and how God used them to work out the good works that he had prepared beforehand. God knew that he was gonna use Isaac to, to create this nation of Israel. And God knew that he was gonna use Rahab to get the spies into the city. Sorry. To Abraham, God had enlarged his territory He'd given him a son in his old age. Abraham knew God was faithful. And Abraham chose to put his faith into action in the form of obedience. And the result was that God counted it to him as righteousness. He's called a friend of God. And to Rahab, God was the one true God. He was the God who actually did what he said he was going to do. And that moment of having faith in God's power and sovereignty in her life saved her. And it saved her whole family. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, and it touches back to what Josh taught, Pastor Josh talked about last week, that we all have God-given value. And the best part is, like, not only do we have God-given value, but we have God-given ministry. Come on. That's good. We get to see ourselves through the lens that God sees us in, that he has a plan and a purpose for our Come lives. Come on. Yeah. For a chunk of my life, I really felt like I didn't have ministry. Um. You know, I live with this incredible man who's good at worship, he's good at communicating, he's incredibly artsy, and you know, he's very humble, so he wouldn't say those things, but um, he's like just an incredibly gifted person, and I always felt like, God, why can't I just have one of those gifts? Like, I love singing, why can't I sing? I love music, how come I don't have rhythm? And I just felt like, man, I just didn't feel like I had any ministry. And I loved God and I was faithful and and I trusted him, but I just felt like I'm just going, you know, I'm just doing nothing. I'm, I'm an administrator. This is my thing. And then when we left Washington, God really convicted my heart. Because I had so many people come up to me and and tell me things that they were so thankful for that I did. That, you know, I remembered their name when they came back one day. Or, like, I helped them get into a small group, which changed their perception of church people. And it changed their perception of God in the church. And it really changed them. And, honestly, I was blown away. I had no idea. And I don't say that to you to, like, build myself up. But to tell you, sometimes we can't really see the ministry that God has for us in our lives. But our job is to be faithful yes, to him. Yes. Our job is to love him. Our job is to trust him. And when we do those things, he works out those good works that he's prepared beforehand. Again, I didn't have to go to the checklist and say, well, God, I'm doing all these things, so I guess I must be doing works. I just had to trust him and know that he would be faithful. And that's the thing. I didn't have faith just for the sake of having faith. I had faith in a God who I knew loved me. I had faith in a God who I knew was all powerful He created the universe He created me And I know that his character is good. That he is a God who cannot fail And that he is a God who is always faithful Luke 137 says For no word from God will ever fail Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.13 2 13 says If we are faithful Faithless He remains faithful For he cannot deny himself God has given us a living faith And we need to choose to follow and we know that it is for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. So we know we can trust our God. We can trust God with our faith because we know that he can never fail. So this morning, how can we choose to follow? And how do we choose to have a living faith? Like I said earlier, if you're a mom, you already have a calling. God has given you a ministry. He's given you a purpose. And it is that precious little life. We need to teach them to know the Lord, to know that he's faithful, to know that he loves them, to know that he has a plan and a purpose for their life. How many young people do you see walking around? that are like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. We can convince them and, and tell them at least one thing that they're meant to do, to love the Lord and to follow him with their lives. We just dedicated four incredibly beautiful children. And as a church, like Pastor Josh said, it's our job, it's part of our work, it's part of our ministry to love those children, to train them up in the way of the Lord, and to love on them and to encourage them. I think that there are two things this morning that we can make a choice for every day in living like Christ. We can respond to the things that we're facing with our lives, with faith. Some of you this morning are really struggling with finances, or maybe you're struggling in your relationships. Maybe you're struggling in your job and you're thinking, I literally can't go another day doing the same thing over and over again. And you want to go to work and do nothing. But God is saying, trust me, have faith, live like I called you to live, live as I live, live as a servant. And God will work out the good things in your life. You just need to trust him. One of my favorite verses, Jesus says in John 13, 34-35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So not only do we have the opportunity every day to have faith in our circumstances, but we have the faith, excuse me, we have the opportunity every day to be salt and light to the world, to love our brothers and our sisters, and live like Jesus lived. So this morning, I want to pray for two things. First, if you have never made the decision to follow Christ, if you've never made the decision to put your faith and your trust in Him, maybe you've not known Him yet, To be that loving Father, He loves you so much. And He has a plan, and He has a purpose for your life. You're not meant to walk aimlessly through this world. We're meant to trust in God. He knows us. He created us. He knows your life and what you're facing, all the situations. So this morning, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, would you stand with me this morning? If you want to choose today to follow Jesus... I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And in a a symbol of unity, we as a church are going to pray this all together. So as I pray, would you just uh, repeat this after me? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. Not just for me, but for your world. Today I choose. To put my faith in you. Please forgive me for my sins. I accept your love and grace. For me and ask that you would be my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you are and how great your love is. Amen. Praise Amen. Jesus. Woo! <laughs> you came down this morning. Your name is written in the book of life forever. You can choose every day to wake up and say, Jesus, I trust you. I have faith in you, and I know that you are walking with me through every situation that I face. And then, secondly, I think that there are some of us in this room that might be saying, you know, I do love the Lord. I do have faith in Him. But I'm really struggling. There are things in our lives that we can't plan for. I, I love what Terry prayed for this morning and praying about miscarriages. Before we had Lucy, you know, Josh and I had a, a, an ectopic pregnancy. And it was extremely difficult. And in that moment, I had to choose to love Jesus. I had to choose that, that I was going to have faith in him. And I had to choose to know that he was going to bring about something good in our lives. God is so good, and he walked with me so faithfully through that. And I think that there are some of you this morning that that you need to hear that. That God loves you, and he wants to strengthen you, and he wants to encourage you to have that faith that he calls us to have. So this morning, if that's you, if you say, I am going through things, I want to have faith that God is going to bring me through them, and I want to have faith to trust him to walk through that situation in my life. Would you raise your hand? We're going to pray this morning. In fact, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if that's you, please do raise your hand. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for you specifically. Lord, we love you. And our heart is to live out the God-given ministry that you have for us. We want to love others and to love you, Lord. I pray that right now you would strengthen us. In fact, I pray that according to the riches of your glory, that you would strengthen us with power from your spirit in our inner beings. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend that all the saints, with the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, That may we be, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. God, first and foremost, we know that you love us, and that your love gives us strength. So God, would you increase our faith this morning, and would you give us strength in your name? Thank <laughs> you.